1: Welcome back to the second hour of Ion Real Estate. I'm attorney Stephen Ebert. Dottie will be back uh, next week. And I'm so pleased to have with us Michael Hellickson, the founder of Club Wealth, to join us for the next segment. Michael, thanks for for joining us. How are you doing?
0: I'm fantastic. What an honor to be on your show. I appreciate you having me.
1: So uh, you're, you're very welcome. So now Club Wealth, which you started... Um, is really an innovative organization that helps coaches, trains, guides, gives strategic advice to real estate agents and brokerages and really how to grow their professionalism and practice. Can you tell us a little bit more of how you got into it and how the company evolved?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I started off as a real estate agent. I was actually uh, an agent since uh, about 1991 and uh, eventually Built a team, became the number one team on planet Earth for quite a while. We were closing about 120 to 180 transactions a month, and uh, we carried about uh, 750 active and pending listings in any given time. And uh, over time, I had a lot of other agents that I was acquainted with around the country that you know, we would mastermind the network with one another, and I had several say, hey, could you just like coach me? Could you just teach me exactly what you do and help me to be able to do that in my business? And that uh, that began our journey of coaching real estate agents, and eventually, uh, in 2011, I sold my real estate business and uh, thought I was going to retire. But realized in 2014 that retirement was not the uh, was not the as as much fun as I thought it was going to be. We'll <laughs> put it that way. I, there was there was a what's
1: that? I, I hear you. You know, it's so important to have a purpose.
0: Oh, yeah. It just, it really, it really felt like dead space in my life. Like I wasn't fulfilling my purpose. I wasn't bringing the value to the world that I needed to bring. And, and, uh, it just, it just felt unfulfilling. And so, uh, a lot of our clients, uh, several of our clients started, uh, our previous coaching clients reached out to me and said, Hey, you need to get back into coaching. We need you to teach our teams and so forth. And so in 2014, we completely re-engineered and rebuilt club wealth which uh, is uh, our coaching company today. And we, in about two and a half years, grew to become the number one coaching and consulting company in the team and brokerage space. So that's kind of our, kind of our back story. And there's, there's more to it that's, than that, but in the interest of time, that, you know, I want to keep it brief.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that are amazing are the trends. And we think about how the volume and velocity of information and transactions have evolved in that era, you know, over the last 30 years I mean, when I think about in the early 90s, um, you know, cell phones existed, but very few people had it. They weren't smartphones. They weren't apps. You didn't have, um, you know, quadcopters taking pictures of a listing for you, things like that. How have you seen your coaching and, in, and, and the type of person who is an agent evolve in this era of real transformation of how real estate transactions work and integrate with technology?
0: I think technology has really increased a couple of things. One, it's increased transparency, which is, I think, very important. Also, it's increased speed, and I think that's what people really want. I mean, we're in an instant gratification society, and people want, you know, when they pick up the phone to call a real estate agent or they type in information into a website and they want to get information now, they don't want to wait, you know, an hour or two hours or, you know, days and weeks like back in the day. Now it's, in fact, uh, they want their information instantly. It's not even enough to say, hey, I'm going to get back with you. Within five minutes. And so technology has really helped it, not just real estate agents, but really everyone in the world speed that, uh, that you know, time frame up from you know, request to receipt of information. And, uh, and I think that's continuing to evolve. Now we see AI coming out. We're doing a lot with AI today, uh, everything from text AI, which is really interesting and has been around for a little longer uh, and has really evolved into, you know, it's very difficult now with text AI to tell if I'm texting back and forth with a real person or if I'm texting back and forth with an AI bot. And now we've got voice AI, and voice AI is getting, it's insane how quickly that technology is evolving and how quickly we're getting to a point where you're going to receive a phone call from someone and you're not going to know if it's a real person or not. Uh, I mean, we're already really close to there now. We have uh, calls all the time where, uh, you know, people can't tell they're talking to a a computer. And, uh, you know, if you think about 2001, A Space Odyssey, that time's coming.
1: (laughs) People people like Hal. So watch out if your agent is called Hal, I was just going to (laughs) say. You don't know what's going to happen (laughs)
0: Well, and it's really um, funny because, so, you know, one of the things that we've noticed that I didn't expect with the voice AI, uh, but we're starting to see it, is that in some instances, people would rather talk to voice AI than a real person. And that was that well, was surprising you know, to me.
1: It's, it's really interesting because things have really evolved, and, and this it leads to the next question for newer agents coming into it. But you think about it historically – right? Buying a home is typically the largest financial transaction for a person. It's very, very personal down to the town, the neighborhood, the street, you know, what they really need in that living experience. And so much in having a relationship with your agent is really getting to know one another and being very personal. And at the same time, we're seeing people the opposite trend. People wanting more of a 24-7 day, people moving further and further away from the communities that they were brought up in, different, really, trends and customs and so forth. And we're seeing, you know, in many ways, national influences uh, impacting real estate. So given all that, and then in our first segment, you know, we were talking really about how mortgage rates were moving, inventory issues. What are some of the questions you're seeing from either brand-new agents or people thinking about becoming an agent and you really guiding them through that process with all of the coaching and vast experience that you have.
0: Well, first and foremost, we tell people that you know automation equals augmentation, right? So automation should not be a replacement for human connectivity. Uh, it should help speed it up. It should help make it more convenient for the consumer. Uh, and to your point, you know that, that that real estate is the largest financial transaction most people will make in their lives. I don't think you know. You hear a lot of people say, "Oh, real estate agents are going to go by the wayside," kind of like travel agents. And first of all, travel agents have not gone away. Uh, some, you know, there are still travel agents today, and the ones that exist today make even more money than they did a decade ago. Uh, and so I, I agree with you. I think that people want an expert advisor who's going to help them with their real estate transaction, who's going to be able to guide them through that process, make sure they're not making a big mistake, make sure they're, they're avoiding the major pitfalls. Uh, will there be people that will certainly want to take the technology route and avoid you know contact with real estate agents at some level? Sure, absolutely. Uh, and and I, don't, I don't think that that's something to be feared. I think it's something to be embraced. Uh, and I think that as... As you see the larger producers, and you talk about the newer agents, I think the newer agents are going to have some challenges coming into the marketplace, right? Uh, it's, you know, I, I don't want to say completely gone are the days, but but numbered are the days of a brand new agent coming into the industry and just, you know, crushing it right off the bat. Generally speaking, they're going to have to join a team to uh, shortcut that learning curve, and that's becoming more the norm nowadays. And That'll do is that'll shortcut that learning curve by about five to ten years and give them an opportunity to take advantage of some of that technology. The problem is that the technology is expensive, uh, and there's a lot more of it today than there was even just a year ago, let alone five, ten years ago. And a new agent coming on board probably doesn't have the financial wherewithal to embrace that technology unless they join a team who already has it. I think you're going to see a consolidation of the industry, much like the travel agency uh, industry. Now, I don't know that it's going to be at that level or that scale, but I do think that you're going to see – well, I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, I was the first person I'm aware of to break the thousand transaction per year mark. And last year, and that was back in 2010, 2008, actually between 2008 and 2010. Uh and now. Let me interrupt now you for
1: a second on that. So yeah, when you totally, when you did yeah. that, and, and congrats on that achievement. How many people did you have working on on your team? Because obviously, there, there's no way one individual could do that level of volume, know their clients, and get everything done. So tell you know a little bit about where the team was to really get to that goal?
0: hundred percent. That's a great question because, you know, and that's, again, it's, it's, that's a, a big part of the evolution of real estate. Back then we were the only real big team out there. There were a lot of teams, a lot of people trying to, you know, start kind of starting to get started on building teams. Uh, but we had 44 people on our team of those only 16 to 18 at any given time were real estate agents. The rest were administrative staff, uh, and the reason this is important is because you think about the the medical industry think about dentists for example right when you go to the dentist your dentist isn't the one cleaning your teeth he's got a hygienist that's cleaning your teeth and frankly they're going to do a better job of it than the dentist would if you go to the doctor the doctor's not drawing your blood the nurse is drawing your blood and she'll definitely do a better job of it than the doctor would uh and so what we're seeing is what we call workflow segmentation where Literally, there's experts in every piece of that transaction, every step in the process that are handling that piece of the process, uh, and that's where real estate is going, and it's where it's where it's how it's evolved over the last decade. Uh, I think we were among the very first to do it. Uh, not to say that we were the first; there were certainly teams before my team, uh, but the, the last decade has really seen the emergence of teams as the the rule, not the exception. And so, so I think what, one, yeah.
1: one concern that comes to play that I see clients talking about on this trend you're talking, which I think is a very, very important point, and I think you're spot on, how do you then pay homage to the client who is saying, I want that unique personal experience and not feel like it's a commodity transaction for my service provider? How do you How do you really give guidance to your team to make sure, the client doesn't feel that way and have the right experience.
0: Well, okay, let's come back to the dentist. You know, when you go to the dentist office, do you feel like a commodity or do you feel like you go in there, you get to know his staff, you know, you, you know, they become a part of your life, right? Over the years, they become uh, part of your world, part of your sphere of influence. And then all of a sudden, when you're there, not, you know, you get done in the hygienist chair and all the dentist walks over, takes a look at what the hygienist did. Yep, yeah, looks great. Looks like we got an MU on 23 and blah, 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 blah. And, and great job, Susie. And, you know, things are looking good and I can't wait to see you next time. And off he goes and you get to still have that relationship, but he's not spending necessarily as much time with you. I think the, the the trap that real estate agents fall into is is believing our own hype, right? I think too often real estate agents think, oh, it's got to be me, and it can't be a member of my staff, and my clients all just want me, and it's all got to be about me, and it's just ego, really, I mean, if you really think about it. The reality is, They don't care about us. What they care about is getting the job done. They want done what they need done, and they want it done right. And they want to know that when the time comes, when they need that expert advice from the right person, that you're there and you're a part of that team and you're making sure that it happens and that your entire team is professional and expert along the way.
1: Excellent. That sounds nice. We also do have a caller. um, Mert, uh, who's our producer, I think we have a caller on the line. If, If you can please put her on. Hello. Hi, Stephen. Hi, this good morning. Linda. Who are we speaking to? Uh, this is Linda from San Diego. Hi, Linda. Good morning, Linda, and, and thanks for calling. I know it's early in San Diego right now. Thanks so much for calling well, never, in. What's your? I never miss your show. Um, I did have a question for both of you um, about the new ruling for commissions paid to real estate agents and how that might affect the industry going forward. Thank you so much for that question. Yeah, we've had a seismic ruling, um, which still can be appealed, so you never know how exactly it's going to end up. But really, you've had at the federal level in the Midwest, uh, in Missouri, ruling a case, and also you're seeing now other litigations popping up around the country. A- and to distill it quickly, the assertion was that um, – the multiple listing service, the MLS, with the realtor designation and the National Association of Realtors, were basically com- creating local monopolies and causing consumers to have higher prices um, in what they were paying for commissions. And it was really going after the heart of the system that we've had for decades, in which we have cooperation amongst the listing agent and the buyer's representative and co-broking commissions um michael i'm sure you've had a lot of your agents having concerns about this you've heard all different things particularly how it can affect the buyer side i'm curious what it what conversations you've had and, and then i'll have some comments after on the legal side but please uh, go ahead well,
0: first, I, I I concur with you that you know there there not only can but there will be appeals, and I think we're years away from a resolution to this thing on a national level. I think we're a long ways away from that. Uh, I, I I think it's it could do a lot, but it really at the end of the day, there's only so much we can control. I'm a real believer in controlling the controllables. Uh, first and foremost, do I think that real estate agents colluded and, and uh, you know, were were getting together and fixing commissions and that type of thing? No, I don't believe that's the case. Do I think that there are some out there that have done that? Absolutely. Of course there's agents out there that have violated the Sherman Antitrust Act, just like there's agents out there and, and other people out there that break the law in all kinds of different ways. But I don't think that's the majority of agents. I think, truthfully, the majority of agents are just trying to, you know, make a living helping people out and want to do right by their clients. That being said, at the end of the day, what do I think will come of this? I, I don't know. I really don't. <laughs> and so, you know, do I, do I think that we're going to continue? They're just recently in Texas, for example, uh, they're, they're now suing not only big real estate brokerages, but they just started the, for the first time uh, there's a lawsuit against teams. And now you're starting to see commercials uh, on Facebook and TV even, uh, in other social media channels, where they're saying, "Hey, if you've sold a home in the last, sold, you know, certain number of years, then you may be entitled to compensation." You know, so you've got every, uh, you know, ambulance chaser attorney you can think of out there trying to, uh, trying to make it all around this thing. But again, where does that lead us as an industry? I don't think any of us really knows. Here's what I can tell you right now: what I think real estate agents should do, and my advice to agents today is number one. Don't worry about it because you can't change what has happened. What you can do is you can fix how you do business going forward. You can make sure that you disclose very, very thoroughly and very carefully uh, who's getting paid what, how they're getting paid, how much the seller's paying, what portion of that is going to the buyer uh, or excuse me, the buyer's agent. Uh, and just be very, very transparent about that in writing in every scenario. Uh, I think beyond that, there's not a lot that you can do to protect yourself going forward. Then make a ton of money selling real estate and go invest it in real estate. And then you won't have to worry long term. Uh, but I would certainly be aware of the way you're writing transactions today and making sure that you're over-disclosing at every turn
1: few things to add. I I generally agree with what you're saying, um, and I I think that is correct. It will be in a long appeals process. Um, I think, look, we've seen in various markets, and remember, real estate is the most local thing. So we're not talking just about federal law. We're talking about state and maybe even county and municipal uh, law. And there are certain disclosures. There are commission agreements that people sign. And, look, nobody's forcing anyone to hire a real estate agent you could sell it yourself the process is different and i find very interesting there have been a number of brokerages out there that haven't really been too successful in the u.s of these discount brokerages that offer a lower commission but much less service on it and what's interesting is i've generally seen them being very unpopular and a lot of them have made big splashes and have disappeared um I do think, I, though. By the way,
0: I agree. i got to throw that out there, Stephen. I completely yeah. agree with you on the discount brokers,
1: 100%. Yeah, because you're paying and you're not really getting anything uh, for That's it. Right. Might as well, at that point, you might as well just do it yourself. I, I think what's also important, though, and this is going to come up, I do think, and I'm already seeing brokerages change how they're doing business because, look, nobody likes to operate under the fear of litigation. And I can say that as a firm that is exclusively transactional, we don't do litigation. It's all sorts of real estate transactions all across the country. Um, and I do agree with all your sentiment. While I hate the term chaser, it does have that feel to it, that they've looked for the new thing, right? We've had asbestos litigation, lead paint, and those have sort of wrapped up and they need something new, and this seems like the, the new hot ticket. Um, but I do want to point out companies will evolve and have already started evolving, and I think what you're seeing is companies – Even if on its face it's a distinction without a difference, they're really remarketing and saying the seller is going to pay directly, and it's not a co-broke. Now, now, I think to the average person they might say, well, if we're operating in a 5% commission environment, and instead of the seller paying 5% and the listing and the cooperating agent splitting it, just paying two and a half to the seller's agent and then the seller directly paying um, the cooperating agent directly, is that really the difference? And what I'm fearful of is that we have a lot of people who haven't really hired a professional before in this way. And now all of a sudden you've created another variable and we are now mixing and mashing um, fiduciary duty, compensation, and also putting buyers who might have never purchased a home before in a very difficult position of both negotiating with the seller and negotiating with their agent at the same time. And I I do fear that, A, the market is not fully prepared for that process. And, And, Michael, the one place where I do disagree with you on is the role of the agent in being transparent. Of course we need to be transparent, but I think it puts the agent... In a very difficult spot of explaining a complex legal issue with the chance for a mistake to a first-time home buyer, you know. So I I think the decision is going to create a lot of havoc um, and and more difficulty and issues for people on, on items that really aren't affecting the home buying process
0: but well, I think you're. I think you're on the right track, and I'm not sure that you and I even disagree on this. I, I think you know when it comes to when, when I say that agents can need to explain this. I agree that we don't want agents trying to practice law, right? So we, what I think will happen is I think you'll see some standardized forms come out. Uh, I think it'll be not only on a on a local MLS level and on a local association level. I think you'll see it on a national level. But I think you'll see standardized forms come out. And you may even see, I mean, Fannie Mae is certainly watching this, right? VA is certainly watching this. I think you may see some standardized forms come out, uh, much like your Trid disclosures uh, that say, hey, this form has to be a part of every single real estate transaction, and it clearly defines who's making how much and who's paying what. And, uh, and I think that that's probably where this goes. I'm not sure that it's I'm not sure that it's much more complicated than that, but to your point, I think it would be a mistake to expect real estate agents, uh, you know, because you've got real estate, you have millions of real estate agents literally uh, in the marketplace and, and uh, everybody at all different education levels, all different, uh, you know, professionalism levels, some capable and some maybe not so capable of really interpreting this and, and, crafting that paperwork properly. So I, I do agree with you that it's going to need to be an attorney that crafts that or multiple attorneys that craft that. Uh, but I think that's where it goes. So, And I think that would be good for the industry, frankly. Uh, and and I, I, I don't know that a lot of people agree with me on this, but I, I honestly I think as, as fearful as a lot of people in the industry are today about this, I think it's going to be great for the industry. I think it's going to raise the standard of professionalism, uh, much like with attorneys and a, and a retainer agreement. I think that now the scope and the nature of the arrangement or the relationship between the real estate agent and the consumer is going to be much better defined, and I think that's going to lead to a better experience for everybody. So I, I don't, I'm not fearful of it. I'm, I'm optimistic.
1: I, I think so, too. Michael, unfortunately, we're out of time for the segment. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, all our listeners, and we'll see you next week on ION Real Estate. Have a great week. The preceding hour of programming paid for by DTHY Realty Incorporated.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.